everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me as always is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? Sir Alan of the Roundtable, I am doing great. It's uh, it's sunny and yet not, not blazing hot. It's starting to cool off a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's good running weather. We got, uh, I call them sep temperatures. Oh, that that's, that's nerdy and nice. You like what I did there? It's nerd yeah. nice. It's nerd nice. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, October. It starts to actually feel a little lot more fallish. Sometimes September can go either way here in, uh, you know, just a little north of Pawnee. But uh, today it's kind of coolish. I like it. Well, you know, I'm going to be celebrating my uh, my five-year wedding anniversary here. Oh, congratulations. Before too long. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it, it, I think I was there. Uh, you were there. Yeah. Yeah. You snuck in. I, I, <laughs> I put up the posters. Do not allow you this guy. You had horrible security. And, horrible. Oh, this. Harvey yeah. and Constance. Constantine did it uh, like a terrible job. No, they sucked on ice, um, <laughs> which was actually a, a sculpture we had, but it didn't matter. But yeah, wow. what I that remember, was? what I remember honestly about my my wedding day, it was yeah. at the very kind of the end ish of September, and it was yeah. the maybe yeah the hottest day of the year. Yeah, in a giant church with no air conditioning. With no air conditioning. Yeah, beautiful mm. old church, but. Never retrofitted with the ACs. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> I didn't I, even have the DCs. No, they didn't have any of the none Cs. of it. None, none of it. None, none of, of it. Yeah, yeah. Either the band or the electric charge. Any of it. The only the only wedding I've sweat more is my sister's wedding. I think I was still at the height of my four hundred poundness in those days. Ah, and it was July thirty first, and it was. I mean, that it was year, really hot. Oh, God. Yeah. I think it was 102. Right, yeah. right. But you've never seen so much sweat on a tuxedo. Well, you didn't see me wring mine out <laughs> when, when I was done. But uh, but yeah, so in all seriousness, like some years you can have any in summer. Some years it gets yeah. a little bit cold. It's beautiful weather right now. It's wonderful. This yeah. is great radio, by the way. I, I am sure people are just <laughs> loving this. All right. You know what? Good point, Mark. Let's talk about the episode. Today. Yeah, that's what we're here to do. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, today's episode is called Sex Education. It's from season five. That's episode right. Four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bring it on. It's got a runtime of 21 minutes and 32 seconds. Yup. Quite a bit of stamina there. Nice. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> sorry about that. It first I didn't aired expect on that. No, sorry. Me either. I didn't know I was going to say that. Uh, it first aired on October 18th of 2012. Yep. So uh, I, oh, 10 oh, years ago. 10 years ago. That's yeah. just nuts to me. I it mean, is. Nuts. We're, we're almost in that in sync with that 10 year when they were dropping these episodes. Mm, Today's episode was directed by Craig Zisk. This is the first of four he'll eventually direct. You can find his name on other shows like Weeds, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Rutherford Falls, and uh, most recently on All Mankind, which is the alternative history version of kind of the NASA story on Apple Plus. Interesting. Have you have you been watching that? I haven't. It, it's you really recommend? I absolutely recommend it. Yeah. It's terrific. Well, you remember when we met with Kim Wanup? She she's actually on doing season four right now. Oh, that's of right. set decoration I, for that show. I, yes, yeah. 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 She's been posting a few things in her Instagram, but nothing she can't she can't reveal anything big yet. So right. Unfortunately. Right. But I'm looking forward to it. This episode was also written by Alan Yang. All right. You know, I call him the Yangster because he loves that. Right. Yeah. I, I call him our frenemy. Our frenemy. On account well, of he thinks he's all, you know, yeah, big and stuff. He got a podcast he, he or something. some podcast. Yeah, whatever. You know, that kid's going to make it. Yeah. But uh, Alan, you know, he, he's he gone on to do some things since Parks. Obviously, he wrote on The Good Place uh, and produced Monst uh, Master of None with Aziz, of course. And most recently, Loot, which is another Apple Plus show, which is getting a lot of buzz. And I haven't had a chance to check it out. I yet. haven't either. Alan Yang, in all seriousness, is very talented yeah, very and very, talented. very funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I hold no grudges against him anymore. 
Good bass player. <laughs> he is a good bass player. Yeah, yeah. And this is the ninth of 16 that he ultimately wrote. So, hey, you know, Mark, I was thinking before we actually get into the the real meat of the show today. Yes. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I, I fear this is going to come up if I don't ask you. Mm. Did you ever talk to your lawyer, you know, Harvey? You oh. know? Uh, about the contract you drafted for Constantine? No, I, I haven't yet. For for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we, we've had a segment recently at Constantine's Comedy Corner where Constantine gives us a joke to tell in the air and then we yeah. look for feedback. Is it good? Is it bad? That sort of thing. Well, Mark, I was a little worried you wouldn't. So mm. I did talk to Harvey. Oh. And, and I found out a few things that oh. we should probably talk about. Yeah. What's, uh, what's up there? Well, you know, do you have the contract there you can look at real quick? Yeah, I got it right here. Okay. So um, uh, you have have it on you? That's a little weird. Yeah, don't don't judge. All right. Well, anyway, go past the all the you know the words and the details. Yeah. And go down to the bottom there. Um. All right. All right. I'm there. Yeah. See where it says signatures. Yeah. Yeah. What does yours say? Mine says uh mine says Mark on account of I'm Mark and that's my name, so that looks fine. So it's a legal signature. It, it appears to be. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, what does his say? Uh, let me see. Uh, his says. Uh-huh. It says IP freely. <laughs> that's a classic. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, that's not all. Is not all? No, uh, no. Uh, 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 keep looking. Let's. All right. Let's see. Oh, oh, oh uh, okay. I'm sorry. IP freely. <laughs> hashtag suck at Mark and Allen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not, I mean, technically not a legal signature, I got to say. Well, he was drunk on onion teenies at the time. <laughs> well, why didn't you catch that then? I um I had my own thing going on with Sherbert Vodka. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, Mark, long story short, if that's even possible now, yeah. we are not contractually, I repeat, not contractually obligated uh, to do all these segments anymore. We're not, huh? That's right. Huh. Well, you hear that? Suck it, Constantine. <laughs> Look, hey, I wouldn't antagonize him too much, Mark. He's playing the oh. clips today. Oh, gotcha. Uh, hey, hey, buddy, about the suck it thing. Um, I'm, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> wow. Nice save. Hey, um, let's get on with the show today. <laughs> yes, please. And you know what? Just for good measure, since this may never happen again. Yeah. Oh, boom. Oh, there it is. It's, it's a little salt in the wound. I know, but just, it's, it's, <laughs> just deal with it. All right. All right. Well, hey, Mark, why don't you get into our synopsis and we'll get the show on the road. All right. Synopsis is incoming. Well, I split this up at, you know, at one point I was going to make this four stories and I thought yeah, there's, almost. there's one that's, it, it, it teases like it's going to be a story and it's not really, Never made so it I, I made it three. Yeah. All right. So I have, I don't have a theme other than the theme is I'm really funny. <laughs> okay. Which, well, I mean, we'll, we'll be the judge we'll, of that, but go you'll ahead. Be, you'll be the judge of that. Yeah. But that's my theme. So my A story is entitled. Marsha and Marshall sitting in a tree, not doing anything to that because that was, that's what God wants. <laughs> that's, that's very good. It's actually. a little wordy. I All like right. it. Yeah. It's still right. funny. With STDs running rampant among Pawnee senior citizens, Leslie decides to give a sexual education seminar and asks Anne, Donna, and Andy to help out. Things are going well until Leslie's seminar is stopped by Marsha Langman and her husband, Marshall Langman, from the SFSF, the Society for Family Stability Foundation. When the Langmans claim the seminar is against the law, Leslie and gang protest that abstinence-only sex education? No, 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 that applies only to schools. But Chris, 
reveals the law in question it was actually drafted. So it applies to not just schools, but citywide. Wow. And Leslie's seminar is shut down. With the Langmans breathing down her neck, seeming seemingly with overwhelming public support, Leslie is hesitant to put up a fight. But at the next seminar, knowing her bestie Anne supports her, Leslie finds herself unable to go along with the Langman's abstinence-only view and ends up defiantly throwing handfuls of condoms into the audience, much to the seniors' delight. What will happen? Does Chris reprimand Leslie for her actions? Will Mayor Gunderson reprimand Leslie for her actions? Can Leslie turn things around by going on air with Purred Happily? Why the hell has Anne turned into a cowgirl? <laughs> Stay tuned to find out, dot, dot, dot. I had that same very question. As a yeah, of fact. me too. Uh, I guess I did the same thing you did this week, Mark. And I did your not, theme is I'm funny. Uh, your my theme is you are funny. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. See how that works. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah. So mine's just called uh, Mushy Banana Bingo. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that one. Yeah, actually. I'm pretty too. proud of that. To yeah. the point. What'd you get on the B story? B story. Um, I have entitled Tom the Luddite. <laughs> hashtag not by choice. Oh my god. Yeah. After a car accident due to phone use while driving, Tom is taken to court and sentenced to one week without looking at any electronic screens. Seeing Tom struggle without technology, Ron decides to take Tom to his cabin in the woods so he can detox. I saw that movie. Yeah. Thinking Tom. That's a good movie. Yeah. Thinking Tom has Thor in it. It did. Thinking Tom just needs to get it out of his system. Ron invites Tom to share with him everything he does with technology on a daily basis, which takes uh, an entire day. Uh, <laughs> later, Tom asks for Ron's keys to go buy steaks, but instead drives to Best Buy and purchases another cell phone, a fact he is not able to hide from Ron. How will this turn out? How does Ron find out about Tom's new cell phone? Will Ron turn in Tom to the judge for breaking his sentence? What will Ron ask Tom to do to make amends? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Very nice. Yeah. I, I guess I by the time I'd written mine, I kind of had a little bit of alliteration going. Yeah. So I kept it going on this one. All right. Uh, paper iPad punishment. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. Very good. All right. So the the C and final story. Yeah. Yeah. I have as entitled Congressman Meepmorp. <laughs> Very good. That's a that's a running joke here. It Meepmorp. certainly yeah, is. It sure is. Yeah. Ben and April meet Congressman David Murray, whose reelection campaign they are working on. Immediately, April becomes a bit disturbed by Congressman Murray's almost robotic like Meepmorp almost. nature and becomes convinced he may actually be. A robot. When April confides in Ben, he initially scoffs at the ridiculous notion, as well he should. But as the day goes on, even Ben becomes put off by Murray's complete lack of personality, rampant use of generic friendly chat, and non-offensive political talk. <laughs> what will happen? Can April convince Ben the congressman is actually a robot? What do others on the congressman's team think of his robotic nature? Is this the dawn of the rise of the machines? <laughs> Hang in there, true believers, and bunker down. Only time will tell. Meep morp, meep morp. I mean, dot, 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 dot yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's how you translate meep into meep morp. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. <laughs> Just ones and zeros. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, nice job, Mark. My, uh, my, to wrap it up, mine, uh, you know, cause we're in Washington, DC. Yeah. Here, right? yeah. yeah. Mine is, uh, Washington, DC. Swirries. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. See what I did there. Very good. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark, uh, you know, we should probably do our AKAs and then we'll get into the breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. What you got? All right. From the A story, uh, I have a, a, a quote from Leslie where I think she's she's the Langmans have confronted her and I think handed her one of their pamphlets. Yes. With that's wonderful right. information inside. Oh, and at one point, I got one right here. <laughs> and at one point, Leslie's reading from the pamphlet and and the, the quote is. There's a party in your pants and no one is invited. <laughs> Just made me giggle. I love it. From the B story. Um, at one point, Tom becomes so distraught about being sentenced away from all the, the technology well, sure, there. Yeah, yeah. And he takes it out on our favorite punching bag, Jerry. Yep. Say, God, Jerry, you don't deserve the Internet. <laughs> I just thought that was good. He's not wrong. Yeah, I know. And uh, we'll find out later. And then from the C story, the the one that cracked me up so much and I thought was just iconic because I couldn't stop thinking about it and giggling is he April introduces herself to Congressman Murray and says, I am April Blart, mall cop. <laughs> Love it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Well, Mark, nice job on your AKAs. My, mine, uh, I ha- we didn't tie any this week, which is interesting because we've been we'd had some ties there for a while. We did almost like all three. Last I know, week. I know, we crazy. were very yeah. in sync. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From from the A story, there's a point where Leslie is kind of telling the team like, "What's up?" You know, mm. with the seniors and the STDs. Yeah, and she says it's amazing what a few old guys could do with a little bit of charm and a lot of crabs. <laughs> Not just whistling Dixie. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Uh, there's a point where, you know, you think you mentioned your setup for the B story that, you know, Ron's going to get Tom out and away, right? That's what yes. you do with an addiction. You get him away from right. the addiction and you get him out in nature in this case. Right. The, the, 10 seconds into the, you know, outdoorness, he gets a thorn or a, a little tiny splinter in his thingy. Right, right, yeah. right. And he goes, I got stung by the wood. I know. Like it's some <laughs> sort of bee. Yeah. I love that whole <laughs> sequence there. It's great. <laughs> I hope we're playing that one today, in fact. but uh, And then uh, the last one was April with Ben. Uh, you know, Ben's kind of defending him like, you know, he's not a robot, April. He just has a lot on his mind. And she said, yeah, like, must eat babies for fuel. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> April's uh, pretty funny in this one. So stupid as robots. They wouldn't eat organic matter. Uh, of course not. I That's know. dumb. Why would they eat organic yeah, matter? It's still funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nice job, Mark. Let's get into our episode breakdown and we'll get this thing going. All right. One thing I noticed in this episode is I tried to keep track of when new, in air quotes, new days started. Yeah. Because this isn't like one continuous no, day. I like got three days. Been. Actually, four with I had, the kicker. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we're on the same page. All right. So we start off the the cold open. It's uh, 71 seconds. Uh, I believe it is plot relevant, at least to to one of the plots. I think the B story. And uh, it looks like we're in, I want to say, Pawnee Traffic Court. Um, And Tom is in the witness chair and he's being grilled by that prosecutor, you know, Hey, Constantine, I know that I made you mad earlier on account of the suck it. But can you can you start us off with the bang and play this clip? Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Oh, well, look at that look. I know. Mr. Haverford, on the morning of your crash, were you alone in your car? Yes. Your Honor, this was an accident, plain and simple. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but case dismissed. dismissed. And you were texting (laughs) at the time, correct? How dare you, sir? 
I was tweeting. Oh. Please read Exhibit C, the transcript of your Twitter page leading up to and immediately following your crash. 9.15, four green lights in a row. Hashtag bless. <laughs> 9.17, drive faster, Blue Civic. Damn. Hashtag soccer moms. 9.18, gotta pass this lady on the edge. That's when I hit the fire hydrant. Sorry, allegedly. Hit the fire hydrant. 9.20, just hit a fire hydrant, but I survived. Hashtag unbreakable. Hashtag, what's Mr. Glass up to these days? Hashtag, why no sequel? Wow. Prosecution rest, Your Honor. Wow. Mr. Haverford, do you have a problem keeping your eyes on the road and off your electronic devices? I'm gonna tailor a punishment to fit the crime. One week without screens. No phone, tablets, computers, television, anything. No, please send me to jail. Any slip-ups, <laughs> and that week becomes a month. Turn in your phone, please. Fine. One last tweet. Uh-oh. Bailiff. Uh-oh. Press send, bailiff. Press send. <laughs> <laughs> just want to send the one last one. Yeah, just that last one there. Come and he on, he had it all composed. He just needed to hit send. It's freaking bailiff. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Mm. Well, Mark, from there, we kick off the main episode in the bullpen and move to the conference room pretty quickly and learn that Anne has a new boyfriend and that the old folks in Pawnee got the Saturday night fever. Well, not the dancing part, but, you know, the other part. Yeah, the fever, because on a, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll see, brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so we, we see after Anne enters the bullpen dressed like a cowgirl. Don't Annie ask, Oakley. Like Annie, Annie, there you go. We see Anne join Donna and Andy in a conference room where Leslie is gathering her team uh, uh dub the sex avengers <laughs> love it sex avengers assemble you know it just <laughs> rolls right off the tongue anyway apparently stds are having a field day with the pawnee senior citizens so leslie and the gang will be giving a sex education seminar at the pawnee senior center with Anne serving as their uh, i think there's like their subject matter expert yeah, yeah uh the gang goes around the room trying to stump Anne with their weirdest and grossest questions <laughs> but Anne remains unflustered and handles them all with grace and style very nice yeah this is a very funny sequence Mark. it is <clears throat> so leslie goes well, i'll start i'm an old lady why do i need birth control i haven't had my monthly since lbj was president <laughs> <laughs> and then and, and andy oh my gosh do pubic hairs get with old man voice do oh, yeah. pubic hairs get longer the older you get uh, because that's that that's what's that, happening to me what should i do normal voice you know um, <laughs> I like Andy's other one too. I ran over my testicles with my jazzy scooter. <laughs> Not really a question, just a statement. Yeah, it's a but, statement. You know. It works. Yeah. Uh, that's a great scene. It is. Yeah. It is. Check that out at home there on your DVD. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. Leslie have one final one where she she's trying to do an old man? And oh, yeah, like, yeah. I think you're good to go, nursey. I <laughs> want to jump on that caboose. Choo, choo. <laughs> <laughs> LOL and yuck. Well, Anne has a great comeback because she kind of shoots all three of them down yeah, yeah, real yeah. quick. She goes, one, you should never eat lube. Right. And then she looks at the next person and says, you need to see a doctor immediately. On account of the testicles and the jazzy scooter. Yeah, that's yep. a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm sorry, sir, but you have to be under 40 to ride this train. Oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nice stuff. Well, from there, Mark and Ron's office, Tom checks in with Ron and we get a small glimpse at Tom's much larger addiction. When we see Tom enter Ron's office 90 minutes late for work and ask, <laughs> like, hey, are we still on for breakfast? Uh, when an annoyed Ron asks him 
what the hell? Why are you so late? Tom explains he can't use GPS on account of the court order. So he left home and just kind of drove around in circles until he saw something familiar. Holy crap. Son, you live three miles from here. Yeah, 3.4, <laughs> according to my GPS, which I used to use every day. Oh my God. He has a problem. <laughs> he does have a problem. He he actually built a real-life Pinterest board. I love that. And he, he presses on Present. it with his fingers. Like, I really wish you could click these. It was pretty impressive until they didn't do anything when you clicked I know, them. I yeah. know. I was, yeah. Well, meanwhile, in D.C., Ben and April finally get a chance to meet Congressman Murray in person. And it apparently is a hot one out there on this particular day. Holy Hannah. Um, so, yeah, as you said, Ben and April, they're in D.C. at the Barclay Group. They finally meet the congressman who's who this is the campaign. Yeah, that they've, they've been, been here working, working hard this for this whole time. Guy. This yeah. is the guy. Ben is excited. April doesn't care and is sarcastic. Yeah, no, the usual. The usual. So they're talking to him and he seems rather one note and boring. But eh, All right. But not unusual. Yeah. Really. Until April sees him sitting in his office, motionless, staring straight ahead at nothing. <laughs> what the hell I, is he doing? I, I think <laughs> she is. She's on to him real quick. I'm going to go with intrigued. At this point, that's a good word. I don't think she's spooked out yet. I think Not she's yet. like, what is happening? That may be about yeah, to yeah. happen, in fact, though. Right. Well, from there, Mark, we head over to the Pawnee Senior Center, and we learn along with Andy that the seniors of Pawnee have a surprisingly busy social calendar. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> got the yeah. words. Yeah. Um, at the Pawnee Senior Center, we see Leslie take the stage uh, kind of at the mic and, and Andy and Donna and Anne are there as well. They're kind of sitting beside her uh, up on stage at a table. And Leslie introduces herself as Con Councilwoman Leslie Nope. And she starts talking about safe sex. And she proceeds to ask the audience various questions and get some very creative <laughs> and disturbing uh, answers. Um, uh, Alan, I think that this rivals the public forums for showcasing Pawnee's crazy citizens. What do you think? I, I agree. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, basically Leslie says, you know, hey, what happened? Do you know what happens when you have unprotected sex? And, you know, like you said, they start shouting out, <laughs> yeah. your partner dies on top of you. And heart attack. I know it was freaking hilarious. Heart attack. Falling in love. Partner dies on top of you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all those could be true. But if, then she brains them in and right, says, right. well, look, hey, the best way to prevent all those things yeah. is to use protection. Yeah. And then. Well, the old guy says, he said, well, that's all fine and good. But what if uh, you're, you know, you're a banana because she's using a banana as a, as a prop for, you know, the penis. And, Is that uh, what that was? That's what that was, Mark. You I didn't, didn't watch that. sad for yeah. you. I'm sorry. <laughs> he says, what if, what if the banana is soft and mushy and dog's legs sharply to the left? <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. Uh, <laughs> classic. Classic. Well, back at the park's office, we get an update on Tom's adjustment to no screens and learn that uh, Larry doesn't even deserve his. Man, Larry, Gary, Jerry, none of you deserve it. <laughs> Did I just say Larry? Yeah. That's great. So, yeah, Jerry, Larry, Gary, Barry, Harry is at his computer and... Um, Tom is apparently uh, obeying the letter of the law because yeah, he's standing right. behind him and he's not looking at a screen, but he is looking at a mirror that is looking at Jerry's screen because <laughs> he misses it so, so much. Uh. And um, after witnessing Jerry's pure Jerryness <laughs> on the computer, Tom storms off. God, Jerry, you don't even deserve the Internet. And he goes into Ron's office <laughs> and, and he tells Ron, I'm going crazy. And in a moment of what I would 
term some sort of compassion, Ron tells Tom, son, you need to detox and, yeah. and suggests that tomorrow, why don't we go to my cabin in the woods, geolocation undisclosed, <laughs> and spend the day away from technology and civilization in general. I like it. Yeah. Well, and that was the whole scene where I mentioned the paper iPhone. He throws it down on on Ron's desk and Ron, because it won't work. No. And Ron looks at it and goes, son, this is the work of a lunatic. <laughs> that I think that was my second favorite line in the scene. I think yeah. my favorite by far is um, he's so mad at Jerry. Yeah. And he's watching. He's watching what Jerry does because he's so addicted oh, yeah, to yeah, the thing. Yeah. And he sees what Jerry's doing. And he's like, what the hell is Jerry doing? And Jerry opens. He wants to check his email. And he, his email is uh, with Yahoo, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, right. but so what he does, he opens a browser window. And he goes to Alta Vista. <laughs> and Alta Vista. And then he types in the Alta Vista window. Please go to Yahoo.com. And Tom snaps and like, what what the hell? Like, what what did you bookmark? He's like, what are bookmarks? Oh, that was it. That that, that was where it put Tom over the yeah. top. Yeah. I that whole thing where you go to Alta Vista to get to Yahoo, that that's not how you do it. That's not how I do oh, it. Well, all right. I might have to get a class then. No, I just have Constantine do it. There you have it. Yeah. That'll do it. Yep. Well, back over at the Senior Center, we get a comical glimpse at some real-life conflict picked right from the headlines in 2012. And, well, actually, 2022 is not much better. Yeah, yeah, you uh, you said a mouthful. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're at the Pawnee Senior Center, and uh, the, the, the senior's attention is on stage where, apparently, th this is how I perceive the scene, uh, Alan. Andy is holding up three bananas... And a zucchini all at once with Donna apparently about to perform some uh, demonstration about what I still don't know. <laughs> and I'm kind of interested when of all people, Chris, yeah, city manager, Chris, Chris Traeger barges yeah. on the stage. Hey, Constantine, can you play this clip, buddy? Thank you, sir. If you encounter this scenario, simply execute the following maneuver. What's she doing? And stop. Great job. Very informative. But we need to stop now forever and pretend like this never happened. Why? What's happening? It's zip Oh, boy. Oh, no. Marsha and Marsha Langman are the town's morality watchdogs. Marsha is motivated, calculating, and hypervigilant. And her husband, Marshall, is vivacious. This that's happening here is not allowed. Wow. We at the Society for Family Stability Foundation object to this smut being taught. Mm. It's against Pawnee's abstinence-only sex education law. Uh, that's only for schools. Yeah. Actually, it's not. Uh -oh. The way the bill is drafted prohibits any government employee from teaching anything but abstinence citywide. Oh, wow. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. If we allow this filth to be taught to our seniors, the next thing you know, it'll be in our high schools, then our kindergartens, and before you know it, we have babies and thong underwear. All right. Is that what you want? <laughs> yes, that's what I want. Ladies and gentlemen, this vulgar <laughs> sex show is over. Please forget everything this horrible woman has told you. It is not over. It is far from over. Andy, pack up our bananas. Uh oh <laughs> He's eating the evidence. Yeah, I was going to say, he's going to pack up what's left of them. Right, right. <laughs> wow. Well, Mark, the following day, Ron makes good on his promise and is giving Tom the opportunity to put his screen aside and let him focus on 
you know, the nature of natural wonders of the world, you know, like splinters. <laughs> Wood stinging. Um, yeah, we see uh, at Ron's cabin, geolocation undisclosed, we see Ron and Tom doing their best impersonations of Paul Bunyan, yeah. uh, succeeding to various degrees. Maybe Ron. I was bit. kind of impressed with Tom's woodchopping ability. I expected worse. Actually, I did, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but after helping Tom with an unexpected splinter, as you alluded to, Ron suggests that Tom purge all this social media crap from his system by talking about all the things he does on those screens. Let the words just float away into the fresh air and then they will be done. Yeah, it's that simple. And oh, Tom starts talking. A lot. At one point, Tom pauses to take a breath and Ron thinks he's done. Nope. He's got more to say. This um, this could take a while. Well, he, he did say that he likes Reddit specifically because it's got all the important links you need. Yeah. Yeah. I've found that to also not be true. <laughs> well, back in Pawnee, the gang eventually gathers in the conference room to see what the Langmans are up to with a little help from their our buddy Purd. Mm, I like Purd. Yeah. So. Once again, although he's been the tool of evil lately, um, the, the unwitting tool of evil. Well, fair. Yes. Good point. Yes. He probably doesn't know. The thing about a tool is I'm useful. Um, so <laughs> so once again, we see Anne arrive at the bullpen. Once again, she's dressed like Annie some, Oakley, some sort of cowgirl. <laughs> Don't ask. And, and once again, Anne joins uh, Leslie, Donna and Andy and Chris is in there, too, in a conference room and they're watching the final word with Purd on TV. And Purd has the Langmans as his guests, and they are talking about abstinence-only uh, teachings. And Purd shows us a Purd poll where we see, surprisingly, 85% of Pawneans apparently support abstinence-only education. Marshall claims the other 15% are perverts. Well, right. And and Purd claims 100% of Pawneans are Purdverts. You see, see what he did there? Because his name's like Purd, he's a fan of the show. It's funny. So they turn off the TV, blap, because they're mad. Um, Leslie asks the gang, what are we going to do? Anne tells her that studies show abstinence-only education doesn't work. They need to give people practical knowledge. When Chris counters by saying the law is the law, Anne pointedly tells Leslie, you're on the freaking council now. You, you, you change the law. That's what you do. And Leslie is eh, very hesitant to take action, though. With, with public support as high as it is, Leslie's afraid that this would be political suicide. Well, and she's probably not wrong, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. it's the ugly truth. It really is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Marshall, you know, he, he's talking to Purd and he says, you know, we strongly believe in teaching and practicing abstinence. We all have some crazy urges from time to time. And you just can't act on them. You have to bury them deep down inside and you have to say, get out of here, you crazy urges. That's a little bit like telling Tom just to speak it into the air and it'd be gone. I know. I know. I, I do have to point out just because I, I know that sometimes Donna and Jerry don't get the screen time that sometimes we would like them to yeah. get. In the very beginning of this scene, when Annie Oakley uh, shows up for the second time, does it, and uh, Donna notices uh, oh, yeah, sure. Anne walking in all frilly and cowboy y and stuff, and Got says, the fringe air on And her. she says, New shirt. And Anne's like, oh, Donna's engaging me. This is good. And she and, and Anne goes, yeah, I got at the dude ranch with my boyfriend. You like it? And Donna says, <laughs> it's not my favorite shirt, but it is my least favorite shirt. <laughs> Very well done. I guess that's a positive comment. Mm, sort of. Mm, <laughs> mm. 
Well, back at the Barclay Group, the congressman is back, and this time he's taking a break between scenes and taking the opportunity, you know, to recharge, Mark, possibly his uh, mobile battery pack anyway. Wow. Yeah, maybe literally. When Ben approaches April to compliment her on her work, I think that's what he's going to do, April shushes him and and subtly kind (laughs) of tilts her head towards the congressman's office. Where he is visible sitting at his desk because it's it's remember, it's the it's the fishbowl, like yeah. you said. So everything is kind of visible. Everything. You can yeah. see everything. And so he's visible. He's sitting at his desk and he's just looking straight ahead. No movement. It's like he's on pause. No facial expression. It's like he's on pause. That's exactly <laughs> right. And April finally lets Ben in on her hypothesis that Congressman Murray is, in fact, a robot. He's not a robot. He's just thinking. <laughs> and then initially, like that, not right. And, and, and says, let, let tell you what, let's do. Let's enter his the congressman's office to see what he's staring at. Like, we'll check it out ourselves. Yeah. So under the pretense, I think, of saying, oh, here, yeah, I, have, yeah. I have some documents for you. Yeah. So uh, Ben and April enter the guy's <laughs> office and they put down the documents on his desk and they kind of subtly turn their heads and go, what, uh, uh, what are you staring at there? Ben's expecting like a TV screen. A TV screen or maybe an inspirational poster. Sure, the something. little kitten hanging on, you know, there you is, got this. You got, <laughs> hang in there is what it says. <laughs> and they see nothing. Yeah. So now, like, even Ben, I think, is a little confused at this. Well, at this point, you know, he kind of repeats his uh, his whole shtick. He's like, hey, uh, great. Nice job. Uh, hey, stay cool. It's a hot one out there. Right. His random number generator must not be working. <laughs> He's stuck in a loop, Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, they'll suck CPU cycles away like it crazy. really will. Gosh. Yeah. Got to watch out for that. Yep. Well, back at Ron's cabin in the woods on, you know, Nunyer Street. In the town of Nunyer, <laughs> Tom is doing his best to help Ron understand the extent of his predilection for the screen life. Yeah. That's what I call it. If you re- uh, For those of you who may recall the last scene we had with Ron and Tom, Tom was talking about social media stuff. He hasn't stopped. He's not stopped. <laughs> so what we see him now is that we see a series of scenes with them. Uh, right now, the first scene is it's in the middle of the day, sun shining, and they're in the middle of a lake fishing. Well, Ron's fishing. Yeah. Tom yeah. is still talking about social media stuff and shows no sign of slowing down. Um, hey, Constantine, can you play this clip, buddy? Wikipedia, mankind's greatest invention. You can learn about anything. Take Ray J, for example. We all know he's a singer, he's Brandy's brother, and he was in that classic sex tape with Kim Kardashian. But did you also know he's Snoop Dogg's cousin? And <laughs> he was in the 96 Tim Burton movie, Mars Attacks? Suddenly, you're on the Mars attacks page. I love G-Chat. Hunting in the woods. If you talk to anybody, I hit up Brad.Pitt. Wasn't the actor. It's actually a guy named Brad that's a teacher in Pittsburgh. We don't have a lot in common, but we chat quite a bit. (laughs) Emoji are little cartoons you text instead of words. Instead of saying, what up, boo? You can type what up and then a cute little ghost, because that means boo. There's even a little Indian guy, but he has a turban on, which I think is racist. But the Asian guy also has a racist hat on. And it's like, hold up, didn't Japanese people invent this? Podcasts. There are a million of them, and they're all amazing. John Raffio and I have one called Nacho Average Podcast, where we rate different kinds of nachos. brilliant. Okay, that's enough. No more talking. But you told me to get it all out of my system. I had no idea how much you had in your system. (laughs) This is a real problem, Tom. You are an addict, and you need to change. I've downloaded every episode of Intervention. I know what to do here. You're right. I am an addict. I've hurt all my friends and family with my addiction. I will accept this gift of rehabilitation. I'm proud of you. 
but also a bit fearful that we're verging on what I call feelings territory. <laughs> so let's stare at the fire in silence. I've had a breakthrough, Ron. What do you say you chop up some more wood, and I'll take your car and go grab some victory steaks? Perfect. Uh-oh. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't think Tom's quite as remorseful as he initially seemed. No, he seems to be following the playbook of, uh, you know, his... Uh, his the, all the episodes of Intervention. Of Intervention. He knows yeah. what to do. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Well, now we're back at the Pawnee Senior Center, and Anne and Leslie are doing their level best to play nice with the Langmans in this new world order being imposed on them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not pretty. No. Um, I, it's I think this is the next day because the the end of that Ron and Tom yeah, series of events, it's yeah. like nighttime yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so the Langmans are looking a little smug because I think they think they've won, you know. And they come up to oh, Leslie yeah. and Anne, and they's like, "Hey, here's our educational pamphlet full of." abstinence only you know stuff and goodness and we want you to read that and stick that in your pipe and smoke it and then the langmans walk off and Anne presses leslie on why she's not doing anything about all this and leslie falls back to the good old standby well it's the law but Anne doesn't give up like she keeps pressing insisting leslie isn't acting like herself Oh, well, this prompts a whole conversation about who 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 exactly in this in this conversation and is not acting like themselves. And Leslie ends up oh, pointing yeah. out, you know what, Anne, when you date a new guy, you 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 seem to immediately abandon any sense of self that mm. you have in, in favor of uh, imitating what your boyfriend does, like uh, wearing flannel with Andy or wearing spandex with Chris, blah, blah, blah. And they fight a little more until finally Anne says Leslie, you can go honk Herman. You do whatever the hell you want. And Leslie walks off. Uh, right at the end of the scene, Marshall Langman walks by and, you know, Anne still got her <laughs> Surrey with a fringe on top, yeah. shoulder blades yeah. and stuff or shoulder pads, whatever those things are called. Epaulets, I think. Epaulets. Bless you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he says, girl, you look like Annie Oakley and Pippi Longstone had a baby and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Not wrong. And yeah. It's very funny. Yeah. Well, later that evening, back at the Swanson cabin, number three market. I don't know if you know this was cabin three. Mm, I did not know yeah, that. I, I, I put that in my notes. Yeah. Nice. I just made it up. It turns out that Tom may have been hasty in his belief, or at least pretending, pretending. that he was making any real progress, decreasing his need for screen time. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he he thought that for a second. I think yeah. he was trying to make Ron Pull believe Pull one it. over on Ron, yeah. Yeah. And because uh, uh, we, we now see, uh, coming to you live somewhere in the woods close to the Swanson cabin, we see Ron walking through the dark wearing one of those helmet lights yeah. to, to illuminate stuff because yeah. the light. And, and Ron approaches his car, which has apparently... Hit a tree. It's no longer on the road. Tom is inside the car. He appears to be unhurt, but he's he's panicking now a little now that he sees Ron. Well, apparently Tom went to Best Buy and <laughs> he purchased a new cell phone and was messing around with it while he was driving Ron's car. Mm. Ergo, driving into the tree. Ron angrily takes the phone from Tom, orders him out of the car and starts walking away. Ron discovers, you know, he probably knows what happened, but he he proves it by reading what's on the burner phone. He says, Tommy Edamame's back on the grid. Tell everyone to light me up with their digis. Got to load them in my new burner. Ugh. So, yeah. Ugh. Oh, Tom. You think he's going to kill him? Uh, he, I think he wants to. I think he wants to. Yeah. 
Well, later back at the Pawnee Senior Center, Leslie is back on stage and she's going to play by the rules and not teach sex education, mm. only abstinence. Oh, I, that just sounds boring. Why are we even it. watching a show with that? Right. All right. So after an awful synthesizer fueled rap <laughs> session. I'm Marshall Langman, and I'm here to say just I just hate the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so Leslie goes up to the mic once more and this time delivers a new message. According to the law, the best way to be safe is to simply postpone sex until marriage. The seniors do not take kindly to this, telling not. Leslie to go honk Herman and instead, please show them the condom demonstration again. And and Leslie wants to, but just I, I just I can't. So Leslie looks at the Langmans. And then Leslie looks over at Anne and then she says, screw it. And she pulls out a banana. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> and she pulls out a banana and she starts the demonstration. And, and the seniors love it. The Langmans are horrified and is proud of her. But the, Leslie doesn't stop. She doubles down she on it and on. says, you know what? Look, look what I got here under my arm. I got a bucket of condoms. Look what I'm going to do now. Wee! <laughs> condoms for everyone. You get a condom and you get a condom. Yeah. It's like Oprah. Yeah. I think the thing that put her over the top was she was reading from this pamphlet, the one you alluded to earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It says literally, our bodies are God's gift, yeah. but they're also the devil's playground. Mm. The devil likes to hide in all your private nooks and crannies. Oh. And if you open too wide, he might get in or out. What? I, <laughs> I don't know what that that's means. craziness. <laughs> that, that is the work of a lunatic. It, it that's like is. a paper iPhone. It's a paper iPhone. Yeah. Well, the following morning, Leslie is back at City Hall and meeting with her old boss about the ramifications of defying the city's overly broad sex education laws, even if it did end up helping certain seniors protect their mushy dog-legged bananas oh, yeah, just yeah. a little bit. LOL and yuck. Yeah. So I think uh, for those of you keeping track at home, I, I think this is, what, you, what is that, Alan, day three? I, I got this as day three, yeah. All right. All right. It I'll could be that. day four. I, I don't know. I got lost in there. I, I actually thought that Tom being at traffic court was its own day because oh, then he had yeah, to respond to it the next day yeah. by being late to work. Yeah, it was like a whole week by the time we're done with this. Episode. I know, right? Yeah, it's crazy. All right. So the, the next day, um, we see Leslie in Chris's office and she's showing Chris an official censure that she got from the mayor's office. And she confides to Chris how torn she is you know on the one hand she wants to help educate the public but on the other hand she has an obligation to uphold the law so she asked chris like hey chris as my boss what would you tell me what should i do well chris points out a few things a he's not leslie's boss anymore in fact leslie is kind of his kinda boss, his boss now. yeah b as chris the city manager he officially, quote, officially recommends Leslie formally apologize and in the future stick to the letter of the law. As Chris, Leslie's friend. Best friend. What? <laughs> as, as her best friend, he admires what she did up there. And, and he's happy that he voted for her as his city council member. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm glad that he did that. Yeah. I like that whole exchange between the two of them there. Yeah. Well, back in D.C., it's actually time to film Congressman Murray bot scenes. And uh, Ben decides to get a second opinion on his unique behavior from someone who knows him just a little better. Yeah, yeah. So we're uh, we're back at the Barclay Group there in D.C. And, and Ben approaches who I think is I think this guy I want to say is the congressman's chief of staff. That seems right to me. And yeah. and so he kind of is coming up to him and saying, like, hey, what uh, what's going on there with you know, Congressman Meatmore. Um, <laughs> this is pretty funny. Hey, Constantine, can you play this clip, buddy? Thank you, sir. 
Okay, this this is great. Just make sure that you don't go too tight on him, all right? Hey, can I ask you a question? What's the deal with the congressman? Seriously, like, he seems a little robotic or something. Yeah, yeah he's great. Yeah. <laughs> he turns it on when he has to, and when he doesn't, he just sits there. There's no surprises. It's perfect. Oh, congressman, can you just sit in the chair to test the satellite feed? Okie dokie. <laughs> just Yikes. run through some of your stump speech. We've gone through some difficult times. But we're from Ohio. We're tough. We won't just survive these dark times. We will thrive. That's great. Good. Cool beans. See you guys later. Wow. God, I love him. He is the best. Ben mugs of the camera. Uh, so it, it's clearly not just April and Ben's no, imagination. No. Like his chief of staff was it's like immediately. Yep. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly how he is. And that's what makes him such a good candidate. I think just before he came over to test the satellite feed thing there, Marky, he was on his charging cradle. I'm pretty sure. Well, he's got one of those new advanced ones where I think he can just stand on it. Like he doesn't have to actually <laughs> plug in. I don't want to know where that gets inserted. I don't know, but I heard him squeal. <laughs> <laughs> could just have been feedback. I don't know. It could have been feedback. Yeah. Let's hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, back in Ron's office, Tom is appealing for Ron's forgiveness and seems sincere in his regret here. Well, I think he is afraid Ron is going to kill him. Well, there's that aspect of it for sure. As well he should be. Yeah, well, I don't blame him. And yeah, we see we see Tom enter Ron's office where he I think Ron appears to be doing a crossword puzzle if I saw right. Anyway, so Tom starts whining and apologizing. Please forgive me. I mean, just really just. And so Ron just finally point blank asked Tom, Look, why do you need to be constantly distracted? Yeah. And Tom admits the truth and says, well, recently a lot of stuff in his life, in his real life, aren't going that great. And so like he'd rather play doodle jump. Uh, for mm. example, then think about his life. And so Ron, all right. So Ron sends Tom <laughs> to his desk while he contemplates whether or not he's going to turn Tom into the judge. Yeah. I, I, and I do think Tom is sincere here. And I think he's kind of really admitting he, this is the first time I think he has actually admitted he does have this problem. Yeah. I, I think that he's admitting the truth that it felt maybe a tad bit forced. Like he's like a lot of stuff in my life isn't going great, but you know what? I, I kind of look back and I'm like, I think he's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's not wrong. Well, and speaking of being sorry, we jump from Ron's office to backstage at final word with Purd. Yes. And Leslie and Ann take a moment to set things straight. Yeah. I don't like it when they fight. No. That makes, that makes me sad. Bad. Um, so, we, yeah, we see Leslie's basket backstage at the final word with Purd and she's getting miked and she's clearly in preparation to go on the air with Purd. And I think he's going to have the Langmans there as well. And her bestie, Anne, enters the room to show her support. The, these two scenes are actually really good. Hey, Constantine, can, can you play these two? Well, I know. I Look, I'll get you. I'll, I'll get you an onion. I know you're hungry. Just please play these scenes, buddy. Thank you. Hey, I just wanted to come lend my support. What are you going to say out there? I don't know. I got censured. It's a big deal. Well, if you ask me, you were elected to lead and not to follow, which is probably what I should have said instead of what I did say. I feel terrible about what I said, too. No, you were right. I know, but I still feel <laughs> terrible. I'm sorry. Continue. I kind of lost myself in this relationship. I bought a lasso online, Leslie. <laughs> Thanks. I turned all my jeans into Daisy Dukes. Uh oh My personality kind of gets swept up in whatever guy I'm dating, and I want to change that. 
I broke it off with Ricky. Well, that's good. But I'll tell you, he'll never lasso another heifer <laughs> as fine as you, Annie Oakley. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the story of that commercial break is, it's over. <laughs> Leslie, what exactly does censor mean? It means that I have been formally disciplined for breaking the law. Well, you know what they say. You break it, you buy it. That doesn't really apply here. Tell that to the folks at Pier 1. In establishment, I'm no longer allowed inside. Bert, I need to apologize. Thank you. Apologize for the antiquated laws in this city. States that teach abstinence only have the highest rates of teen pregnancy and STDs. To continue this policy is insane. Look, we all want the same thing, right? We want fewer unwanted pregnancies and fewer STDs. Why don't we use every weapon that we have? I know that most of you don't agree with me on this, but I am going to fight very hard to change your minds. And until then, I will take this censure and I will wear it proudly, like a badge of honor. Wow, strong words from a woman who is trying to pin a piece of paper to her blazer. <laughs> Next up on the program, we hear from you, our fans, in our new segment, are you there, Purdverts? It's me, Purd, hosting a new segment. Wow, where 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 does he come up with the names for these things? They're amazing. I know, so I creative, know. so creative. Like, so you see there when you get a new segment, I bet he has a legally binding contract. <laughs> Just saying. You know, I, I liked what Leslie said there, and of course, that you know, they they did us the courtesy of not giving the Langmans the floor back and to shout her down, like right. you know, like in real life. But uh, yeah, that, that's all I'm going to say. This, yeah, I, I agree with you, though. This was, I didn't know how the writers were going to handle this, how they were going to make Leslie not just break the law completely yeah. and yet at yeah. the same time be true to herself. Yeah. And they did it. Yeah, I, I felt it was good. And I, I like, you know, again, they're flirting with real politics here in this half hour comedy, right? So right. you're walking a line already. I mean, not to a West Wing degree, but. Still. Correct. Yeah. No, it's not quite that blatant, but, you know, it is taking a particular point of view that is, you know, one side of the center line here. I'll it's just say that. It's interesting. It really do that. Yeah. 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 Well, back at Tom's desk, mm. Ron is finally ready to share his decision regarding Tom's punishment. And no matter what it is, I think Tom is ready for any distraction at this point. Judge Swanson is making his way down at the Swanson's court. If Judy can be a judge, then so can Ron Swanson. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um. So, yeah, we see, at the opening of this scene, we see Tom at his desk and he's groaning and his head is down. And he's so bored and he's his keyboard in front of him apparently has red tape across it. And his monitor, his monitor has an orange piece of paper covering it that says do not use Love and it. has a frowny face drawn on. <laughs> and so Ron walks up to Tom carrying a large, thick book entitled Auto Repair Manual 1982. Oops. Dropping the book on Tom's desk with an ominous thump, he tells Ron, uh, he tells Tom several things. A, Tom will read this book from cover to cover and then assist Ron in repairing the damage to his car. B, Ron will not report Tom to the judge, but if Tom slips up again, he's going to have much more to fear than some feeble government employee in a robe. C, when Tom does eventually get his phone back, he will not... I'm talking to you, millennials. He will not stare at it when talking with another human being. Look a man in the eye when you speak to him. I like that. And then finally, D, if Tom ever needs to discuss his problems with someone. Yeah. Well, fine, Leslie. She lives for that crap. <laughs> I think everything Ron just said is totally fair. Yep. I yeah. agree. Well, to wrap up this day, we close out with Ben and Leslie on the phone comparing notes with each other about their days. 
That's right. I, I thought this was interesting. I think they did this in the in the last episode as well, where Leslie kind of it's not quite the kicker, but it's the 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 um yeah. Oh, what the do you call it? That's what it is. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the day new something that the, the, the scene that almost is the scene. Yeah. The penultimate, the scene. penultimate. Scene. There that's, you that go. Absolutely. And, and last time they did this, too, where Leslie kind of ends it talking with her lover. Yeah. Ben, I, and, and she does the same thing here just to kind of, you know, wrap up her thoughts. Yeah, and everything. Nice, yeah. So we see uh, the, her talking to Ben. This time, I think it was on the phone instead of video chat. And and Leslie tells Ben that even though they're just freaking killing her in the press over this, that she, you know what? Yeah, they're she, calling her lo- loosely grope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a little funny. It's kind of funny, but but you know what? She didn't care. She's she's optimistic. She's fired up, and she can get them. She's yep. gonna draft a new undo abstinence only bill, and she's gonna kick their asses. Well, Ben, being the loving, supportive boyfriend he is, tells Leslie that you know what? Why don't you send the first draft to me, and I'll try to help. Aww. And Leslie tells him, "Aw, how much she appreciates him, and that she loves him," and then asks him what he's wearing. <laughs> I can't do that right now. I think maybe Leslie is a pervert. <laughs> She's a pervert. I love it. <laughs> well, Mark, finally in the kicker, Ben and April are headed home for the evening. And it seems that Congressman Murray might have rubbed off on Ben. Yeah, yeah. Static cling, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we see April walk into Ben's office asking if he's ready to go. But something seems off about Ben. Hey, Constantine, buddy. Um, le- hey, let's end this right with one last clip, okay? Yo, you ready to go? Why, yes, I am, April. Oh. Let's go now. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Wonderful. Hey, be careful out there. Traffic is nuts on the streets and roads. Oh, no, they got you. <laughs> Terrific. Hey, I'm hungry. Let's go eat some batteries. I mean human food. Hey, uh, batteries, <laughs> I mean human food. Sounds good to me. Wonderful. Let's go. <laughs> Fade to black. I love it. Yep. Well, Mark, that was a good breakdown. And uh, I, I think uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about all the other stuff we normally talk about. And we'll give some scores and go home. Right on, man. Meet more. Meet more. We'll be right back, everybody. Hello. My name is Ron Swanson. Due to a worldwide grain shortage in the next months, we will be experiencing what experts are calling a bacon shortage and what I'm calling total bullshit. Do not panic. There is time if you act immediately. Procure as much bacon as humanly possible and hide it in as many locations as you can. I myself have 38 secret spots in these offices alone. Here are just a few. In desk drawer. Bacon. Above ceiling tile. Bacon. Behind framed art. Bacon. Inside printers. Bacon. Under Tom. Bacon. When it comes to bacon, be prepared. Another option, hoarding. Boss, I don't know what's in these boxes, but there's three more of them in the parking lot. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, real quick, we'll talk about the deleted scenes. If you've got the CDs at home, check those out. You get about five minutes and 19 seconds worth of deleted scenes on this episode. 
about nine scenes. There's some kind of funny ones. I there think are. there are some that were worth inclusion worthy here. And if they had done a bonus episode, they had what they needed to make one, I think. I, I agree. I, as I watch them, I, I realize that my yardstick for what I think of the deleted scenes is if they make me laugh out loud against my will. Yeah. And a couple of them did. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, there were two that jumped out at me. <laughs> There's a little more talk about the actual censure. And, you know, they're amazed that, you know, why is this happening to Leslie when, you know, Councilman Dexart stole wheelchairs from the children's hospital and he didn't get sanctioned? Oh, man. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not that's inconsistent. And then Chris goes, well, I wonder what he's doing with those. <laughs> Me too. Maybe he's building a robot he, that's yep. going to run for Congress. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, and then there's the, speaking of congressman, there's the one where April spills water in his lap on purpose. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's trying to see if he's going to like, you know, steam's going to come out. And right, stuff. right, yeah. right. That's how you destroy the Borg. <laughs> With a cup of water. John Luke never thought of that. I know. Brilliant. <laughs> love it. Picard maneuver is just you spill something. The Picard maneuver. I love it. Well, if you do have those DVDs, check those out. There are some funny deleted scenes for you to see this week. Yep. Mark, on tropes, first and fun facts, um, I, I had a little of everything, but not a lot of anything. What'd you get this week? I think I agree with you. Yeah. I, I think I had. Meet more. I, <laughs> I only had two firsts. Um, and I don't even know if the second one's really legit. The first one is the first appearance of Marshall Langman, Marsha's husband. Me too. And I then I struggled to find another. And I guess it's the first time we met the congressman, but I don't know that he comes back. Yeah, he's a one and done, unfortunately. Okay. Played by Adam J. Harrington, did an amazing he's job. He's very good. I, I think it could have been funny to bring him back. Maybe they would have found like even just a, another small cameo for him, but unfortunately they didn't. I, I get the way that they set him up. It's kind of a one note joke. It is. It was funny, but it it's kind of done. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of done. I mean, maybe later we do, I think, hear the results of the election. Could have been an opportunity to show him or have maybe just a His small, acceptance speech. Yeah. And then and go like back C. into battery charging going. mode. <laughs> yeah. April doing the robot during yeah, the yeah, speech. Yeah. That would have been terrific. How about tropes? I had five. I had a MLVL, Marsha Langman versus Leslie. So she's she's joining uh, distinctly the the group of enemies that she yeah. seems to be growing. Not frenemies, but as, enemies. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. As yeah. season five goes on, I had a PBJ. I mean, it's kind of light by PBJ terms, but it is. Go to Alta Vista and type, please go to Yahoo.com. <laughs> like you don't deserve it, Jerry. When the, and, and Jerry uh, had a deleted scene as well that would have definitely qualified. as. Oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I did like that. Um, I had sweet, stupid Andy. I, I know that yeah. I, I fall back on this trope probably more than I should, but it's really hard to not say it because Chris Pratt is freaking He's so funny in the most stupid laboratory retriever, innocent ways. I, I like, love it. He didn't even understand the conference room meeting. Hey, we're going to tell these seniors about sex education. No. Like he did never made the connection until he's literally <laughs> in front of them that they're actually having sex. <laughs> his, his physical gag there was terrific. Oh, my God. I had to stop I the, 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 the thing and just laugh. It was very funny. Um, I had Ben, nerd Ben. Uh, just uh, like he's like, uh, yeah, he's a robot. Why would a robot eat human flesh? I mean, you know, it's kind of taking the nerd approach a little bit too much, a little bit. but funny. And I also had Ben mugs to the camera. Yeah. Um, how about you? Did I miss any? I had one that I'm going to introduce this week. I, I recognize that it probably was a first. We never really caught it as a first, but it's definitely a trope. And, you know, for certain it's going to continue. Ann Perkins. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
Chris says it with every possible inflection and every possible scenario. There, there are reels out there on YouTube you can go watch where it's just him doing that. And it's they're four minutes long. Holy crap, I think you're right. Like he has done that specifically so many times. I don't know why we haven't called it out as a trope. You're yeah. right. Yeah, you and I used to joke, you know, literally Ann, Ann Perkins. Perkins. Right, yeah. right. So th this is that. And so I'm going to call the trope literally Ann Perkins. Very nice. Yeah. Um, how about Goofs, Mark? Did you get any this week? Um, I, I had just one that I got from the internets. Um, and, and it's just that, was it, did you go to Alta Vista and type in, go to Yahoo and tell me about <laughs> I said, goofs? I said, go to goofs for live from Pawnee. And then it took me to some other site that uh -uh. I can't talk about. No. Um, but, and this isn't really a goof so much as maybe a minor inconsistency. Like, you know, Anne is kind of fending off the questions. She goes, you gotta be under 40 to ride this train. Yeah. But we, she dated Chris and he was, uh, in his 40s at the time, I believe. Maybe she meant you at least got to, you got to either be 40 or, or look like you're under 40. Or look like you're under 40. There yeah. you go. Yeah, that does it. Yeah, yeah. That's all I had. Yeah. Um, well, someone else on the internet's pointed out, you know, when Anne basically is doing her nurse thing there in their practice round. Oh, yeah. She says, you should never eat lube, you know, go to the doctor. Well, apparently some lubes out there are the water-based ones are totally safe for human yeah, consumption. Yeah, they're edible. They're, they're, they're really good. Yeah. They've I, got some good flavor. I had to read this on the internet. That's all I'm saying. I didn't, I didn't know this either. I'm finding this out for the first time right now. Meet more. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Um, how about fun They're not fun safe fact? to drink, by the way. You don't no, want to No, you don't want to chug them. No, no that's no. bad. You not like a go or something like that. Mix them with protein powder. It doesn't work out well. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> fun facts. Um, how about those fun facts? You actually mentioned one that I had, which is in the opening scene. It was very visual, so they yeah. can't tell at home. But, but you know, Tom's reading from his Twitter feed. Yep. And I think John Ralphio. <laughs> he's liked all of them. Favorited. Like, I like, like, like all of his tweets, which I just thought was pretty. That's, it's just that attention to detail. That, it, that's it is. so rewarding. It could totally, like, if you didn't look at it and see it, it's a throwaway. It's completely a throwaway. But it's just a funny, funny detail. And they do a lot of those on here. So they sure do. Credit sure. to the writing crew of this uh, of this show. The the others are just two movie-related facts that, again, I got from the internet, but yeah. I thought were kind of interesting yeah. and a little funny. Um, movie fact number one, the hashtags from Tom's tweets oh, include yeah. uh, Unbreakable, What's Mr. Glass Up To These Days, Why No Sequel. Um, so seven years after this episode aired in 2012, the sequel to Unbreakable entitled Glass yep. was released in uh, 2019. It was totally inspired by this monologue. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. yep. yeah. Completely to blame. Yep. Movie fact number two. Th this is a gimme, but I had to include this. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the A story, Leslie refers to the gang as the Sex Avengers. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. So stating the obvious here, but Chris Pratt would be cast two years later yep. in 2014 as Peter Star-Lord Quill in Guardians of the Galaxy and later be part of the ensemble cast in Avengers Infinity War 2018 and Avengers Endgame 2019. Terrific. Yeah. I mean, it's totally true. Yep. Yeah. We've talked about the the whole Marvel Avengers connection to this show. It's, it's insane. It is like, insane. It really is. I yeah. agree. Did, did you have any other? Did I steal nope, them all? You, you stole mine and uh, they're all good ones. Cool. So, nice job. Nice. Yeah. Well, hey, let's uh, let's jump into our scoring then. I think we're ready. All right. We are ready. All right. My co-MVPs are Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope and Chris Pratt as Andy Dwyer. I I I was a little bit resistant to do that because I sometimes like to kind of spread out co-MVPs into different stories. Yeah. But I like the two of them so much. It, Chris Pratt was just freaking on fire. Like there are so many times that I just was like, yeah. 
I, I yeah. could not keep from laughing. He had, he gave me the most laugh out loud against yeah. my will moments for sure. I mean, it was it was minor in terms of physical comedy, but it, it's it's really in that camp, and it's just it's very funny. So he he brought the serious serious ha-has. Yeah, Leslie, on the other hand, represents the heart of the show. Yeah, and she also had some very funny moments in her own right. You know, but but. Calling her team together as the sex Avengers, snapping and showering the crowd with condoms, going on purge show and defending her position while staying very true and respectful of the law. I just thought it was very well done. So th those are my co-MVPs. What'd you have? Um, for, for my MVPs, Mark, I also did co this week. Um, we share Amy Poehler. I, I did that one as well oh, for nice. many of the same reasons you did. I thought she balanced that act of funny and sincere at the same time, right. only as well, you know, as well as anyone can do. She did an I amazing agree. job. I, my co-MVP this week, though, was Aziz Ansari, though, because- Tell me more. Well, okay. And I'm sure we'll get into this in a second. There were aspects of Tom, Tom's storyline that annoyed me, like always. <laughs> and yet, uh, it, there's things about it that I appreciated that haven't been there before. And we can talk about that. But I thought Aziz did a great job like in delivering those and kind of showing a little bit of more range for Tom than we typically get. And it's as much as is in the writing. And maybe he brought a little more to it himself. So I was trying to honor his performance as as Tom, which is not always the easiest character to act. You know what? I have more to say about that, but okay. I, I can't fault you for that. That That's a good choice and a good explanation. All right. Um, I, I thought that this episode for me hit a lot of the tried and true tropes, I guess, in a sense. Leslie genuinely wanting to use her political position to be yeah. like a servant leader and not for money, power or clout or any of those things. Yep. And serving as Leslie's moral compass. Um, Andy being sweet, dumb, earnest, genuine and <laughs> utterly hilarious. Donna being outrageous in all the best ways. Yep. Tom being overly engaged in social media and nonsense like that, even if it means the rest of his life suffers for it. Ron thinking Tom is an idiot, <laughs> retreating to his cabin for healing and solitude and going back to basics by teaching Tom a practical, physical mm. damn skill. Ben attempting to be no nonsense and straight to the point, but in a non-boring, hilarious way. April being her irreverent self, taking any opportunity to smart off in small, subtle ways. Uh, the great return by Jay Jackson as Purd Happily, who I thought had some of the best purdisms to date. They're pretty in, in good. This show. They, were, they were very, very perverts. Um, I'm a pervert. Um, and also a welcome return by Darlene Hunt as, as Marsha Langman, previously seen, I think, in the season two episode Pawnee Zoo. That sounds and right. And season three three episode Jerry's painting. Yeah. Um, but we like her. She She's a good foil for Leslie. I yeah. Think. And we got to meet Marshall. This and time. we got to meet Marshall. That's right. Hilariously portrayed by Todd Sherry. Um, I, I like I personally like the political road. They're having Leslie go down. I think it's interesting from a plot perspective, and it gives the writers ample opportunity to come up with, in my opinion, thoughtful, clever solutions to the problems that Leslie faces. Like and we talked about this before, Alan, and in this episode, particularly, I wasn't sure how she was going to obey the censure slash in the law. Yep. And yet stand by her own beliefs. And yet they found a believable way, I think, to, to, for her to do so. Yeah. And I know we've said this several times, like, yeah, it's a sitcom. I get it. But we hold this show to a little bit higher standard. And and personally, I feel like I get more out of it when the plot isn't just taking us from one haha moment to the next, but is actually, holy crap, and interesting and engaging. Yeah. And the writers have consistently shown that even with more complex plots, they're still very capable of bringing the laughs. Um I still love how at a certain point when the Langmans came in to shut things down, Andy and Donna had three bananas, a zucchini and a potted plant. Like, holy <laughs> crap, what were they about to do? Uh, it was almost like shrimp claw, but it was like yes. fruits and vegetables. I know. So, yeah, I don't and know what to do with that. Plant. Um, 
The seniors cracked me up. Can you hear me? No. No. <laughs> Does anyone know what we risk when we have unprotected sex? Partner dies on top of you. <laughs> um, I will note, though, and we already said this a little bit, for the third episode in a row, Leslie continues to accumulate new enemies. Or I guess not new. We've known Marsha. Marsha's been there, but she's she's e- amping up. Either gather new or antagonize existing. Yeah. One or the that's other. That's true. If her, They're eventually going to team up on her, too. If her enemies ever gather their forces yeah. and create a legion of doom <laughs> to counter the Parks and Rec Hall of Justice. Oh, my God. Leslie may be in trouble. I would watch that show. I would totally, especially if it was animated. Oh, my God. What if? Done. What if? Oh, I like it. <laughs> um like a commercial um the b story uh i gotta tell you that the being addicted to technology slash social media i think when this episode aired in 2012 it hit home with many people and 10 years later i think it hits home more, more. If, if anything yeah, else i agree with that. i think that there are many of us myself included that as as we're watching this episode started mentally checking our own boxes coming to the uncomfortable conclusion we may be more like tom than we want to admit yeah that's a good you know point. Um, Alan, you made a comment last week, believe it or not, um, about how one of your favorite things about this show is the way that they can occasionally shuffle the deck with mm-hmm. various uh, pairings, which I completely agree. And in the in my opinion, the pairing of technology deprived Tom with Ron is his kind of polar opposite regarding technology and yeah. privacy. Let's stare at the fire in silence. <laughs> um, I think this is no exception. I, and it, you made a great point, Alan. I understand why he's your co-MVP. I think Aziz Sansari had a particularly good platform for comedy in this episode. Really did. And I think he made the most of it. I, I think Tom can be very funny, but Tom is often one note. Yeah. And, and he seems to provoke the same sort of tired bemusement reaction from, from others. I particularly liked Ron's solution. Again, props to the writer for helping Tom. He's not going to report him to the judge, yep. but he's going to have him learn a damn practical physical skill and directly help undo the harm he caused. I like that. I like, it I like well. that a lot. And I got to say, I've also been liking the Ben April pairings more than I thought I would. I mean, I, I get it from a certain perspective plot wise. They have to kind of pair April and Ben together because they're kind of off on their own in Washington, D.C., But they're making their stories small, compact, silly and relatively unimportant, which sounds like it's an insult. But actually, that's perfect fodder for ridiculousness because they have nothing to lose at that point. I think they've been doing well with it. That's a good point. Um, And and I think Aubrey Plaza and Adam Scott are doing a great job making the most of the few scenes in the store. I love April Blart Mall Cop. That just cracked me the hell up. Well, in one of the deleted scenes, he actually referred to her as Mrs. Blart. I know. (laughs) It's so funny. Um, And here's the interesting thing. To me, I don't think this episode really did anything like over the top or outrageous or or, or special. I got a word on that too. Maybe the only significant moment, so to speak, was Anne realizing she adopts the personalities and habits of the men she's dating. Although I will say, I think she drew the line with Tom, if you think about it. Because yeah. she, she just thought he was ridiculous even when they were dating. That's a good point. But Parks and Rec doesn't have, you know this, Alan, Parks and Rec didn't have to do anything over the top to be a success. I mean, this episode, it's 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 basic. The, the jokes hit. The plots didn't drag. They were interesting. Two of the three stories, I think, had good resolution. And the mm. third was a silly but enjoyable throwaway. Mm. Oh, and having Jerry check his email by going to damn Alta Vista <laughs> and saying, please go to Yahoo.com. That's gold, Jerry. That's gold, Jerry. All right. So under the crazy Mark rubric, I'm going to give this a base score of 4.5. Okay. 
Good stories all around, not a stinker in the bunch. I, I was close to giving it a five, but I'm just shying away from that a little bit. So 4.5, very, very, very solid. I'm going to give a half point each to Chris Pratt and Amy Poehler, as Andy Dwyer and Leslie Nope, my episode co-MVPs. Uh, uh, Andy Dwyer for bringing serious laughs and Leslie uh, and Amy Poehler for bringing the laughs, but also the heart. I thought that was really good. I'm going to give a half point for what I thought were very funny and impactful guest stars. Jay Jackson as Perd Happily, Darlene Hunt as Marsha Langman, Todd Sherry as Marshall Langman, and Adam J. Harrington as Congressman Meepmore Murray. Um, I'm going to do what I did last week just for the sake of simplicity. I'm going to give an entire point to the C story in totality for, for all, for all okay. the scenes because yeah. there really weren't that many scenes, but they were good. And yeah. I want to tip my hat to that. So just one point overall uh, uh, for them. I'm going to give half a point, uh, and here come my cheater combos, uh, half a point for what I call the support combo. From a from a plot and interest perspective, I like Anne being there for Leslie and being her moral compass. And I also like Ron kind of being there for Tom yeah. in his own Swanson-esque way. I, I really like that. I'm going to give half a point for what I call the senior center combo. <laughs> the crazy and hilarious Pawnee senior citizens coupled with the utter wonderful ridiculousness of the Langmans. Love it. Half a point for that. I'm going to give half a point for what I call the Donna Jerry combo. Jerry's method of opening his email. I'm sorry. I know I've said it multiple times. I love it. Plus Donna's impending demonstration of three bananas, one zucchini and a potted plant. I, I still can't <laughs> stop thinking about that. Freaking brilliant. I'm going to give one final half point for what I have termed in the past the bookend combo. I thought they had a great, great cold open, Tom and Traffic Court listing off his Twitters, all that stuff, oh plus a great kicker where Ben did a fantastic job turning into a Meep Morp robot. So you add all those crazy points up and you're at 9.0. Um, little Sebastian, I'm really enjoying season five so far. From my perspective, this is another in a string of solid, solid, enjoyable episodes. Mark's official score, 9.0 Little Sebastians. Um, back to you, Alan. Nice job. Rock that scuba. <laughs> I, I keep trying to rock the scuba, but I, once I rock it, I don't know what to do with it. Then. Yeah, you got to yeah. find it first. I got to find, find that, that scuba. scuba, Alan. Find that scuba. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice job, Mark. Um, I, you know, you, you, you mentioned a lot of the things I think that were top of mind for me. I'll, I'll add a few things to it. I, I think the whole commentary on screens in the B story, like you said, is sadly, it's a lot more, I don't know if it's a lot more true. It's as true today as it was in 2012, but I think it's amped up because yes. it's just, it is so much more uh, pervasive. Yes. Yeah. And, and our lives. And I, I know like we had a power outage recently and in that scenario, we still had our phones, but we were on them like the whole time during yeah. the power outage. Yeah. It dawned on me during that. What if our phones died? Like, yeah. What would we do? We'd have to actually look at each other. We'll go in the dark, of course, and speak to each other. Like it just, it's it's a little sad. Like I don't want to go get on that soap that yeah soapbox today. But at the same time, there's something there that I think, you know, that balance, the Ron way of looking at life, the Tom way of looking at life. I think you have to find that balance, and I think I they agree. did a great job of making that funny, but yeah. still making the statement. Yeah. 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 Very absolutely. well said. Um, same thing on the whole topic of sex ed. It's clearly an opinion. It's a lot of people don't share it. Like Leslie said, um, her her determination was to state her case and see if she could change some minds. I, I think that is a good way to approach politics, whether you're coming from the right or the left, is just to say, here's what I believe and why I believe it. Can I change your mind? And 
and not in a really like over the top gross way either, which we get way too much in our politics these days. So I like the way they did that and the way they wrote that in those scenes. I, I agree. I mean, a, a agnostic to politics, I have always been a firm believer that you, you very rarely can go wrong with more information, you know, and, and if, her, if her goal is just to educate other right. views. She's not making people believe That's that. Correct. She's just saying, hey, they still have the choice at the end to yes, determine like absolutely. with that information. Yep. Did this change my mind? Yep. Nope. As okay, well fine. They should. Right. Right. It didn't. So good. Hey, at least you listened to me. Yeah. I think we owe each other that courtesy. That's it. So me I too. feel like I'm on this soapbox. I'm going to step down. Oh, like, I swear up. to God. I swear to God. <laughs> I felt like this episode was oddly level at times but then peaked at, at both funny and poignant, right? Like mm -hmm. the baseline of the episode was like, just like I kind of reflected it in your base score. Um, it was up, like it started up mm -hmm. and then it would peak and it would come down, but not too much. And, and I think there was maybe a little more room for some funny. And I, I liked that the C story as you did too, but I felt like a throwaway, maybe cl too close to it. Let's say it that. You know, like I felt like I would like to see just a little more there. But at the same time, I'm not sure what they would have done with it. It was very funny, though. Do you feel like the show dragged in some places? Um, I feel like it dragged in a few places. Yeah, I think the maybe they the Tom thing. And if you go look at the deleted scenes, they cut out quite a bit. Yeah, they did. There, there could have been a lot more in there. They shot a lot more footage around they should that. Have done a producer's cut. And, you know, a producer's cut well edited, I think, could have actually made this a slightly higher score for me. Yeah, I yeah. get that. I think it would have found some opportunity to showcase some of the things that were already strong. Right. And maybe by doing that, take away a little bit from some of the things that were a little bit weak. I liked the fact that we get crazy Pawneeans again. Right. I, I guess we didn't say that trope, but it is oh, a trope. Yeah, that's right. right? We've so done that, that before. Yeah, I'm going to go back and insert that later. Yep. Um, but we get the old crowd, the the old folks. We get the the, the greatest generations version of crazy Pawneeans, which we don't see very often. That's like true. Like if you look in the like when they're usually like in this the town halls, you know, it, there's a range of ages there, but mostly in the middle. Yes, not I would a lot agree of seniors. Yeah, I'd so agree was, with that. The, and the seniors they cast here were terrific. Like they were really, really good. I think the last time we took a look at the Pawnee Senior Citizens was when Carl Reiner was a guest star yes. on the show, like with the yeah. ramp. The ramp yeah, stuff. we were at the Pawnee Senior Center in that episode as well. Yeah. And and I'm one I want to I don't know. I want to go back and look and see if they use some of the same faces. You know what? That's a great question. I never considered that. I didn't think about it either yeah. until just now. So let's pause the podcast. I'll go check that. No, no, <laughs> keep going. Yeah. Um I too also really liked the co the cold open and the kicker here. Um, they don't always both land. Right. But in this case, I thought they really balanced the episode. I liked that they spread the episode out over four to five days. You know, go figure it out yourself. We're not sure either. Um, and, and it doesn't matter. But like a lot of episodes are, are kind of a single day view of the world. And I think the fact that they took events and spread them out over a couple of days here made it feel just maybe a little more organic than sometimes it does. Like they weren't trying to mm. shove it all into a single joke, right? Or a single day's worth of jokes. Right. So I think it gave it a little bit of extra breathing room. Um, for me, I, I really like this episode. I, I went back and forth kind of in the gamut, but plus and minus my final score here. I landed on nine nine little Sebastians as well. Wow. Yeah. So we're, we're totally in sync on that again this week. Um, director's cut, you know, who knows? Maybe it would have been a 10 or certainly a 9.5. And I think, you know, there were moments here where I kind of leaned maybe, maybe on the mechanical side. 
toward an 8.5, but I wound up with a nine in the end. You, you had the, it gave the feels of a nine. It gave the feels of a nine. I think a yeah. largely, I mean, you said, I would well, agree with that. Pratt, Pratt's again, whether you like him as a person or not, the, the Andy's character here is just hysterical. Right. I mean, and does a great job. So kudos to them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, nice job, Mark. I, I think that's a good breakdown of this episode. We're going to be back next week with season five, episode five. Yeah. So 5.5 5 for those who keep track at Scone. Uh, and that's Halloween surprise. Yeah. Ooh. I like this episode. Yeah. I think. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Dot, dot, dot. dot, dot. dot. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us this week, everyone. And we look forward to talking to you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. Well, speaking of being sorry, we jump in from Ron's office to backstage at the... What the is that? (laughs) Oh. I, I abbreviated it. <laughs> the LWWP. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Sorry. <laughs> I think I planted that surprise for me last night.